Obviously, lesbians and engaged to each other. That second part's not obvious. That's why I tell you, right? It. We are engaged to each. I'm the fiance. She's. I'm the fiance. We're fiancés. Yep. That's why we're. That's why we work as a couple because we're two. We're just two Beyonces. No Michelles. <laughs> exactly. No Jay Zs. Actually, but like he's all right. He's a man. Yeah, no, and stuff. He's, he can get sure. Yeah. Oh, he's great, but I want to be Beyonce. I don't want to be Jay Z. I feel like of the two of us, you would be the one that would want to be Jay Z, not because of your haircut, but because I think you'd be very comfortable owning a professional sports team. Well, yeah, I would be comfortable. All right, I'll be Jay's. Yeah, that's that's what everybody always calls them, right? Yeah, Jay's. Jay's, or they call them hoes. Yeah. Haje. No, I don't think anybody's ever said that. That doesn't make any sense. I was just having a little fun. I ate too much tofu because you're a vegetarian, so you're a vegetarian. Now I'm a vegetarian, (laughs) which is fine. I'm good with it. I mostly it's just because Rhea thinks that animals have feelings, and we should we shouldn't. It's cannibalism to eat them. Because we also have eyeballs, so it's like this whole thing. And one time we were going to get a leather couch, but you were like upset. That used like to you're gonna have to put lotion on that. Yeah, that used to be That's somebody's skin. That so used to be somebody's skin. So I don't mind if you get one, but it's somebody's skin. That's just right. Take care of it. She's not wrong. It's horrible. I never thought about that way. <laughs> We're both wearing. I'm wearing leather shoes right now. I'm, I'm wearing, wearing skin on my skin. <laughs> Terrible. But I. I love this. that you, when you wanted to point out that you were wearing leather, you went with shoes. And yeah, I'm also the wearing more a obvious vest. chest piece. But this is secondhand, so it's already yeah, no no, problem. It's fine. Yeah, everything's cool. Yeah, I bought it from somebody else who already took I'm the sure hit. got their. Who else was this size and wanted this vest? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even have it tailored. This is how it came off the rack. You know from what? Me. You should get Starly Klein on that. Oh my God! There's a great <laughs> yeah, yeah. She has that great podcast called Mystery. I'm going to ask her if she would please find out whose vest this was. 
Um, Find that Stetson gal that yes. owned your leather vest. Yeah, it's a Stetson brand vest. It's a, it's it's a, a Stetson. Um, but anyway. Oh, yeah, I eat too much tofu because we get this one certain type of tofu that almost tastes like um, very, you know, a meat hunk. And so then I eat it. Yeah, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. All I gobble it down because it comes in a brick. You eat it in a brick. Yes. That's and, then, and then she was like, oh, it feels like I ate a brick. I was like, because you just ate a brick. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but I also found out that my summer outfit inspiration is Piglet <laughs> from Winnie the Pooh. I saw a picture of Piglet today. Well, I was naked. <laughs> Man, you're giving me a lot to work with. I was, <laughs> I was naked and then I saw a picture of Piglet and I... Was that? I was like, we look Alex exactly like. When you're like, hand. is this a mirror? <laughs> I didn't know if I had downloaded a mirror app. Yeah. <laughs> but in the picture, Piglet was like, his legs were like this, and he's playing a drum. That looks exactly like. Me. Yeah, it has one Imagine ear. Imagine Piglet, laughing. but he's like, that's a that's yeah. my whole thing. <laughs> so um, we haven't been here in a couple of weeks. Well, I, well, just one week. Yeah, but it feels longer because then before that, I was saying to I don't think I've been here since I went to Bonnaroo and performed at Bonnaroo. Another comic on the show was also there with me, and she saved my life. Oh yes, which is true because I was in Bonnaroo. Do you guys know where it is? It's in a dirt pile <laughs> in Tennessee, and you drive there. It's three hours from anything, and as you stop at a pile of dirt where there's a tent, sure, they say go in there and tell jokes. You say okay. Water is twenty dollars. Right. Well, free for me because I'm a celebrity. Sure, right. But um, <laughs> so then I was performing there, and plus my really good friend Kurt was also there, and then both of our wives was at home, so we went crazy, and I was matching him drink for drink. But he is two times the size of me. Yes. And so, and then he's I also three piglets tall. He's three piglets tall. <laughs> I'm only one and a half. One and a half piglet. piglet. Yeah. Some quick piglet math for yeah. you guys. Piganometry. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. Um, yeah, so I was... Well, it was very hot there, and I refused to take off my jean jacket because I have a fucking look. <laughs> and it was 100 degrees, and... I ate no food because the food tent was far away, but the alcohol tent was not a tent. It was just anything. Everything right. was alcohol. Everywhere. Yeah. You had to just get past the alcohol. Get out of here. You had to get past the alcohol They're to do anything. throwing alcohol on yep. you. Yeah. You, yeah. you had to shower in alcohol just to get in. <laughs> Definitely weird for the... I'm sorry. I was going to make a Holocaust joke. I should have. Oh. <laughs> Definitely not. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> I wasn't eating any food and I wasn't drinking any water. And then yeah. I was drinking and then I was having the time of my life. You always know you're, you're like going to have a problem when you turn to your friends and you go, I'm having that time of my life! <laughs> yeah. But then... That's always the worst sign. Yeah. Happiness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The time of your yeah, life. No, I you know. Yeah. Like in Dirty Dancing, when they're like, I've had the time of my life. They're like, not now anymore, because I remember how much I threw up. Yeah. 
So that's what happened that day is that the next day I, w- I couldn't stop barfing from, I mean, just total dehydration. Yeah. Total dehydration. And I had to go to the medical tent in like a Zoomy cart with like people going like, get out of the way, get out of the way. And of course I'm extremely famous, so that was embarrassing. Yeah. I was shielding my face. With your jean jacket? Yes. Which I still Because you have a fucking off. look. Yeah. Then I got to the medical tent because I just needed an IV, like for sure. Like that's how dehydrated I was. I needed an IV. So I went to the medical tent and I threw up on the medical tent. Oh. Like they were like, what's going on? Do you, do you know? And I went like, really? And you're like, I burn everywhere. Threw up on the medical tent. And then a woman helped me. She was a nurse. She put an IV in my arm and she had, what did she have? Well, we, you already know. Let's tell the audience. I know, but I'm trying. Thank you. <laughs> she had um, a rat tail that she'd been growing for 25 years. 25 years? <laughs> because it was, like, very short from the front. Obviously, you know tail, how rat tails work. I do. That rat tail can rent a goddamn car. Yeah, it can. <laughs> it can. She turned around. She had a belt on because she had, like a, like, a bad low back. Don't you tell me she had it tucked into the belt. <laughs> she did, did you not notice? Oh, no, it was I coming out the back of the belt. It was down here. This is how low it was. Cha. And then she said, "I was like, wait a minute." And then I like was like, "Wait a minute," you know, just like fr- <laughs> brought me back to life completely. Yeah. Wait a minute. How long you been you been growing that? That was my first question, which I think is a good question. She's like twenty five years. <laughs> That was still not what I expected her to answer. You never expect anyone to be like, oh, this rat tail, 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> she had been growing up for 25 years, and it takes her one and a half hours to have it braided. By, what? By another person. Somebody braids it. There's a person that braids it. Very thin braid. Tight. She was awesome. Yeah. I'd love to see what that looks like unbraided. Just like a thin, thin strip of hair. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of those ribbon dancers. <laughs> yeah. Like from rhythmic gymnastics in the yeah. 90s. Or she always, if she's running, she always looks like she just finished a race and has the, the tape the is tape broken. Is back. <laughs> she always just finished first. Oh, you're Inspiring. reminding me of the coolest thing I've ever seen. Well, no, the coolest the thing. The 25 I've... year old rat tail? No, no, no. The coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen is Celine Dion singing My Heart Will Go On on the front of a ship that has just popped out of the stage in 1998 at the United Center in Chicago. But the second cool. <laughs> R.I.P. James Horner, R.I.P. Um, but the. Se- yeah, absolutely. But the second coolest thing I've ever seen is when. The women were winning the Olympics. They were winning the Olympics. <laughs> the women were winning the Olympics. The women were winning the Olympics. <laughs> the running people, they were <laughs> runners. It was track. The track. That's runner? what they were doing. Yes. yes, they were running track. They were running track for the 4 by 100 meter relay. Yes. And this woman was going so fast. She was American, obviously. And <laughs> she knew she was going to win, but also she like could feel in her bod that she was going really fast. Yes. And as she cranked across the finish line, there's like a 
There's the little clock right there. There's a little and clock. And it flashes like WR if you just got a world record. Indeed it and does. And she didn't even look at it. She crossed the finish line, and as she's crossing the finish line, she went boom and pointed at it. Just was like, correct! You know, like, <laughs> it's pretty great. You know, and that's all the shot. So the shot is like, Bleh! And the yeah. amazing thing is like, yeah, she did get the world record. Of course, there is also the funny option of just her being wrong. <laughs> like last you know like she was looking straight ahead everybody else catches up and she's like pow that is the last place time you know and her teammates are like well she said she was gonna do it no matter what yeah. so there it was it was so cool i just and the then her rat tail comes life. in at the end yeah, yeah do you do you think that they time it differently it, uh, yeah i was just gonna <laughs> say do you think you can't win if you have a very long rat tail like it's Usain Bolt he's the fastest yeah. man in the world but he has a very long rat tail yeah. he so got always lands forth yes <laughs> <laughs> but then you're like but 25 years ago that fourth place time was a pretty good time because yeah. <laughs> you measure the rat because anyway. the rat tail um, life yeah and plus like track has evolved so much in terms of like yeah. nutrition and everything um <laughs> So then this week we were on the East Coast. This past week we were on the East Coast. We were touring out there, and we had a special thing happen in Boston. Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, a special, special thing, by the way, which is the name of the record label run by our producer, Ryan McMenamin, who's in the booth. Special in the thing. Booth. Special thing records. Uh, yeah, but we had a special thing happen when we were in Boston, which was that. What was that, Cameron? I'll tell you. Oh, great. We had a show there, and... Who's at our show, Rhea? Oh, you want me to tell you? If you want yeah. to. Her first girlfriend. Yep. And her last boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> they were both there. They were both there. At the show. No rat tails. Mm-mm. My last boyfriend married the woman who he dated right after me. Good job. Yeah. I think that he was like, well, if I can't have her, I'll settle for whatever. Oh. I'm sure that's how it happened. They seem very happy. But then, yeah, my first girlfriend was there. And my sister was also there and did an amazing thing, which, which is that my sister was at my parents' house sometime recently and found a book in my, like, heist, my, like, childhood bedroom bookcase is the word <laughs> I, I ate too much <laughs> she had too much tofu. her sister brought a book from her childhood bedroom and brought it to our show and gave it to her that's right it was, she had been reading it on the plane she had been reading it and there were words in the margins of that somebody book somebody had written in the margins of the book she started reading it and was like hang on a minute it was J.D. Salinger's Nine Stories was the book that it was yes and what had been written in the margins was erotica <laughs> Yeah, that my first girlfriend wrote for me to her based on our lives together. Their lives. When we were dating. When they were dating. And my sister was on a plane and was like, wait, what now? She was reading said erotica. But then she was literally on the way to Boston where she was going to come to the show. And so she brought the book with her. And then that girlfriend was at the show. So how that works she out. handed me the book and was like, "You, this, there's some personal stuff in here. And I was like, oh, you're kidding me. And she was like, yeah, it's from 
so-and-so. Yeah, so, such and thus, who was there. And I was like, oh, amazing. And so I passed it to her to look at it. Great idea, by the way. But she was with her girlfriend. Current girlfriend. Current girlfriend. So they have come to this show where Rhea and I are performing and talking about how we're engaged. There's definitely and been then a I conversation her... that night between them, like... We Don't should worry go, about right? it. Yeah, it's been a long time, you know. It's going to be Shouldn't fun. Shouldn't have left you. <laughs> but, uh, no, so I hand her the book. Yes. Like, oh, remember this? That's funny. I forgot about this, and I don't remember that it's erotica. So then she opens it and is like, oh, well, I guess I'll never read this right now. Um, <laughs> and then the girlfriend got really, like, um... Like shoulder chucky? Yeah. Was I that? was like, hey, dude, it's okay. Dude, just look me in the eyes. Everything's yeah. fine. She got kind of funny after that. And then the reason we found out that they got engaged the next day. <laughs> so what, and in like a way that was planned. So what so. happened was the night before they got engaged, <laughs> they came to a show <laughs> where the person who was going to ask, going to be asked for their hand in marriage watched their first girlfriend, talk, blah, 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 and then was like, remember this erotica? Hey. And then... She was like, we used to have sex, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that way. Yes! <laughs> Guys, that's Rhea Butcher. Let's hear for Rhea Butcher. <laughs> oh, that is so great. Hey, we're going to keep the show right on rolling. So I would like to congratulate them, first of all. Congratulations to my first girlfriend and her future wife. So sorry about the accidental erotica. Um, now, this is very... Oh, there it is. Yeah, now it's... Ladies and gentlemen, we've got more show besides just Rhea and I. I know you would be happy if it was just a 20-minute show. And that was it, what you just saw. But can you believe it? There's actually more. Can you believe it, the audience? I can't believe it myself. This first comic, we love him. Put your hands together. He is a regular here. Let's hear right now from Mr. Brent Sullivan, guys. Give it up for Brent. Oh, thanks, everyone. What do you say we keep it going? One more time. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm from Michigan. Uh, yeah, a couple. All right, all right. In case you haven't been there, it is a garbage state in the Midwest. Uh, I could summarize 22 years of experience in Michigan with one story. I was at a Chinese food restaurant as a kid, and I overheard the woman at the table next to me say to the waiter, what kind of Chinese restaurant doesn't have ranch dressing? <laughs> Just never go there. Um, I've been seeing the same therapist uh, for uh, three years recently. Thank you. Uh, and I decided to make small talk before our most recent session, and I asked him uh, what neighborhood in L.A. he lives in, and he told me, quote... I don't feel comfortable telling you that. <laughs> That's the new lowest point of my entire life. 
that perhaps the man who knows me best in the world thinks I'm such a frothing lunatic I can't be trusted with vague geographic information. If I've admitted to you that my first wet dream was to Bob Vila, the least you could say is Silver Lake. I have, uh, I have lived uh, in, uh, in L.A. for a while, uh, a couple years, actually, and uh, I feel like uh, everyone talks about movies in L.A., and I'm kind of a, I'm sort of a dum-dum when it comes to movies. Like, I never get, like, symbolism and shit. Like, I was talking to a friend of mine recently, and we were talking about Silence of the Lambs, uh, and he was like, you know that scene in the movie where the bad guy puts his penis and testicles between his legs? It's supposed to represent his metamorphosis from crazy to completely unhinged. I was like, oh. <laughs> Is that what that meant? Because I did that yesterday. <laughs> and I walked around the kitchen. I showed my neighbor. It's actually called the Easter Basket. It's fun, guys. You should, uh, you should try this. The, uh, the last crush I ever had on a girl, like the last like two weeks of my heterosexuality, I just convinced myself I was really attracted to female bodybuilders. <laughs> Which is adorable. <laughs> also a pretty tough sell. Because uh, I remember I would be like over at my friend's houses. We'd be like asleep over something. They'd be looking at pictures of like Britney Spears. They'd be like, man, she's so hot. I'd be like, whatever. You've never even seen Carol Shemansky. <laughs> the Latvian gladiator. And I'd pull up like a picture of like this beast. Eating a fence. <laughs> I'm like, she's perfect. <clears throat> I, uh, I did, uh, I downloaded uh, Grindr recently, uh, which is a, uh, in case you don't know, it is a hookup app for uh, mostly gay monsters, uh, myself included. And uh, it, uh, it, it is amazing, though. The first message I received on uh, Grindr uh, read exactly as follows. Hey, Brent, saw your profile, thought you were cute. Just so you know, I'm just the typical 58-year-old <laughs> HIV-positive top looking for a night of fun. No strings attached. <laughs> Buddy... Jesus Christ was the single most terrifying message I've ever received in my entire life. I can't think of a single interaction with more strings attached. Hooking up with that guy. It's weird I joined Grinder because I never take my shirt off in public. And you sort of need one of those pictures. Do you, do you want to know how many selfies it took me to find a good picture for Grinder? 
120. <laughs> it's a bunch. That's just a fun fact for you guys. <laughs> trying to share. Um, do you ever read about Christmas from like a hundred years ago? No? Um, I do this once in a while. I'll like read about like what Christmas was like a hundred years ago and it's always so depressing because like the simplest things were so exciting for them. Like I was reading this this woman, this girl, she was describing like Christmas in like 1905 or something. She's like, it was the greatest day of our lives. We woke up and ran to our stockings and Papa had bought us an orange. It's always an orange. It's always an orange. You know what the worst fruit is? Fucking orange. It's like they didn't, you know, they probably didn't even have like the... Yeah, fuck it, never mind. Um, I feel like it's a, a new joke I keep bailing out. <laughs> because I, uh, I haven't made it funny yet. Um, one day. Um, <clears throat> when I was in Michigan, I, uh, I met my uh, favorite homophobe in the world. His name is uh, Fred Phelps. He's the uh, minister of the Westboro Baptist Church, which was famous for, like, the God Hates Fags signs and everything. But I thought he was amazing because he came to my university senior year, and he protested my entire university because, and I'm not making this up, Elton John had been there once. That was the whole reason <laughs> why he went. So I went to the counter-protest, uh, and I got a little bored during it. Uh, so I started calling Fred Phelps a gay wad to his face. Like, assuming that was going to get a rise out of Fred Phelps, right? Like, three or four iterations in, he actually dropped his sign. He looked me dead in the eyes, and he said, I'm not the gay wad, gay wad, greatest comeback of all time. <laughs> it was so good that my dad, who was next to me, actually leaned in and said, he's got you there. <laughs> all right, thanks, everyone. you guys let him hear it oh man we seriously have such a great show so i'm going to keep it going our next comic is very funny she has a show at the other ucb at the inner sanctum called cool thanks every monday you guys give it up for janine brito hi hi everybody hello hello um I'm new to L.A. I moved here uh, in January um, from New York because I hate it there. Uh, it's an island of garbage, <laughs> FYI. Um, but I got uh, catcalled here in L.A., uh, which is weird to me. Um, I, I don't like catcalling. I think it's gross. I don't think anyone should be catcalled. Uh, but I should especially not be catcalled <laughs> because every day I wear what is essentially a this-is-not-for-you costume. <laughs> uh, what are you doing, sir? You're barking up the wrong tree. This is a pussy willow. Let's move it along. Uh, but so I don't have a car here yet, um, and uh, I was crossing Santa Monica, and it was just me 
and one other gentleman. We were the only pedestrians around. And as I'm waiting for the light to change, to cross, suddenly he says, Yeah! I like that! A big girl! A tall girl! A girl who can beat me up! And again, I am the only other person within earshot, so I have to assume he's talking to me. Uh, But also kind of have to wonder if he's on a Bluetooth with some kind of Amazon woman fetish line. Because I'm maybe 5'6". Maybe. And as far as toughness, I mean, yes, I wear men's clothing. Uh, but it's not tough men's clothing. Like, if I was a man, I would be like like an indie record store accountant. Like, no one is getting their asses kicked today. So. Uh, I'm, I'm flying to Minneapolis tomorrow evening. Uh, I'm very excited about it. My, I'm visiting my girlfriend. She lives in Minneapolis. Um, doing, doing the long distance thing, uh, which can be difficult. Uh, very hard. I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm lonely, uh, but I have eaten Activia out of a flashlight. Um, you just do what you can to make it feel like they're there. It's my favorite joke. It's so gross. It's disgusting. Uh, her vagina's not like that. It's a good one. It's a good vagina. Um, it's, it's, so, in the long distance stuff, my friends try to give me advice on how to deal with the in-between times before I, I see my lady. Um, and a lot of them recommend pornography, uh, which doesn't work for me. I'm, I'm not a huge pornography fan. I don't have an issue with it. It's just, it's difficult for me to find things that get my gears going, because uh, I have a steampunk vagina. Um, <laughs> and, like, it takes a lot of work to really get it grinded. Um, that's, that's just a series of cogs. Um, so no, like I, I can't watch straight porn um, because dicks are stupid. Uh, <laughs> gentlemen, what is that? That is a mistake. What do you have between your legs? Like it looks like a walrus mouth with a gonzo nose, <laughs> flaccid, and then erect. It just looks like that, but angry. Like, what? I can't take that seriously. Get out of here. Run along, you know? And I can't watch lesbian porn made by straight people because I know too much. The whole time I'm watching that, I'm like, what are you doing? That's not going to do anything for anyone. What are these long nails? Those are pussy shredders. This is a Saw movie now. Get this poor woman out of here. And I can't watch lesbian porn made by lesbians because uh, the whole time I'm watching that, I'm just like, you guys look like you use the word problematic too much for anyone to be having fun. Here, am I getting college credit for this? I'm excited. I, this is, I recently started dating good people. Uh, my girlfriend is finally a good person that I am attracted to. Usually, my type that I go for is just a, just a demon in a skin suit. Uh, that's what I usually date. 
Um, it's weird. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get married. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I have the option. Uh, when gay marriage was passed in California, I was, I was elated. I, I celebrated the same way I celebrate everything, uh, which is eating cake and <laughs> furiously masturbating to Lane Bryant catalogs. Because <laughs> that does get the steam rolling. Um, like, I don't think the, the government should be able to tell you who you can and cannot marry. That's, that's ridiculous. Thank you, snaps. They should not. But I do think your friends and family should. Um, because we are all awful at that decision. Um, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're into. Uh, we've all had at least one situation where you thought, like, this is it! This is the one! And then it falls apart and everyone you love is like, thank God, because that was a shit show. <laughs> All of us. That's why I think the only law that should apply to marriage is uh, before anyone gets married. All parties involved. Uh, your top five people should all have to unanimously and enthusiastically agree it's a good idea. Even if one person's like, I don't know, he's in a jam band. Like, get the fuck out. Don't do it. He's got a ponytail, girl. Don't. Don't. And I'll, I'll put myself out there. I date monsters. It's, it's weird. Like, the more I date, the more I realize that I'm generally not attracted to women that remind me of my mother. Uh, instead, I am attracted to the women that my father dated after he left my mother, uh, which is soups fucked up, especially when you consider the fact that my dad left my mom for a former stripper from Pensacola named Lilac. Uh, it's a thing that ruined my life. Uh, and I'm fully self-aware that if the modern-day version of Lilac were in this room, I would be like, Oh, you have a prison record and a chest tattoo! <laughs> yes, I will go sign alone. <laughs> this is love. That's going to do it for me. Thank you guys so much for coming out to this show. Guys, Janine Brito, did you see when our ties touched? That's how we regenerate our power. Old tie smasheroo. Fun in the streets, terrible in the sheets. You ain't want no tattoo ties. Shut up. <laughs> you guys seem fun. I like your energy tonight. You're smiling. Everything feels so low key. How are you doing? Yeah. What did you do today? Oh, it's so silly already. I don't know. You went for a run? And you're a therapist? So you saw some clients. How'd that go? Who, name the most fucked up one. And why? And from where it came. I know, but it was a trick. And I tried to, to trick you, and you, you were good at your job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've, I've talked to one of you guys before. I think you're doing, you, you guys are doing good work. What, do you have a specialty? Do you like, spe what do you specialize in? Oh, shit! 
If I had a wheelhouse, that would be it. <laughs> right before I came here, I was reading like some stupid thing on the internet where somebody wrote like a thing to Dan Savage. They were Dan Savage, the sex advice columnist, and they were furious that that rainbows, that the rainbow flag is a symbol for gay people because they had spent their childhood really invested in rainbows and then they <laughs> felt like rainbows were taken from them as an adult, which, is, which must be interesting to feel like just one thing can be taken from you. Whereas when you're a queer person, nearly everything is, or was at one point, which is why we get this one damn thing. <laughs> Well, thanks for doing that work, seriously. Let's hear it for that gal. You're so invested. How was your day? Oh. oh, no! It's okay. I'm very gentle. Um, I did... <laughs> I do that. I taught some science to kids. You taught science to kids? What was it? Is it was it organized? Uh, <laughs> You're at the park. Come in. No, it's made of gas. <laughs> As you're pointing at the sun. Um, cool. It's through experiments, so it's all interactive workshops. For summer stuff. Yeah, it feels like it's summer right now, right? I don't know the season of this, but I think solstice even recently. So, are these kids that are out of school and then they're sciencing with you? Yeah, are they jazzed about that? Out. They're nerd. They're like nerd, cool nerd kids that are like, yeah, into it. Or was it, was this forced upon them? No, they chose. They chose to come to see. Fuck yeah, that's great. Those kids have a future. Do you tell them about money? <laughs> Like, I'm sure you guys do cool experiments, but as they leave, you should be like, also, you're gonna be rich. Because, <laughs> like, they are. Because that shoe's like, oh, what'd you do in your child? Science, by choice, mostly, all the time. <laughs> be so rich. You know what? I used to work at a summer camp that was for genius five-year-olds. You had to take a, a test to get in. And... Then they took classes during the day, like they took language classes or they took science classes or math classes, but then they also had like swimming and stuff, so I would like help them figure out how to swim. And my experience with kids that were that smart, but also that young, is like they were extra hilarious at navigating the world because like their brains were so big that they couldn't figure out how to do other things. Like one time, a boy, the, the boy and girl changing rooms were on separate floors. And one time a boy came back to sit on his cubby after swim practice, lessons, moment, swim moment. <laughs> and he was wearing the clothes of a girl that, that that girl had, she'd been wearing it earlier in the day. And he was much larger than her and they were small clothes. And he sat down and I was like, hey, I feel like you're wearing different clothes <laughs> than earlier. And he said, I got lost. 
So he just, I mean, put yourself in his mind. He's like in the wrong changing room. He's like, oh shit, well, I guess I'll just commit. And he just put on whatever. I mean, there's also tons of kids that do that by choice who are also rad, and we'll probably talk to them later. I was one of those kids too, just constantly Charlie Chaplin for Halloween. They don't even make canes that small. You have to use a full-size cane. Just a nine-year-old girl in a suit. I'm Charlie Chaplin! Mom, paint on my mustache! But this kid, I don't think that was the case for him. I think he was just on his own vibe. Like, you know. I had one kid who would... Swimming was like on Wednesday, but it was like a, a five-day-a-week camp. And every Wednesday morning, he would show up. I think swimming was like, it was after lunch. Bless you. It would have been like at one. And th- they got dropped off at 8.30. And he would show up in his goggles. And I would be like, I don't think you have to wear those for a little while. And he was like, my mom said I have to wear them! My mom said I have to wear these goggles. Do you know which snakes are native to Africa? <laughs> your head is going to fall off. You need to take the goggles. Are those your kids? Is that the kind of kids you have? Yeah. Absolutely. The fucking best, man. Hey, thanks for doing the work you're doing. Let's hear it for that gal. Hey, this next comic, it is her first time in the show. She is visiting us in Los Angeles. We are going to go extra crazy for her because we always go nuts when someone's first time on the show. Let's hear it right now for Liz Mealy, guys. Give it up for Liz! I, uh, I just got back from a month and a half long European tour, and I don't think my Jersey public school education prepared me for what history looked like. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Everything had a story. Like, I performed in a country called Luxembourg, which I didn't know existed until I got there. <laughs> and I stayed in a place that used to be an old women's prison, and across the street used to be a fort, which is crazy to me. Because it just feels like America's too young. Like, we don't have those kind of stories. Like, a couple months ago, I was standing in line at a Krispy Kreme, and my best friend turned to me, and he's like, you know, this used to be a Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) History. (laughs) The weirdest thing that ever happened to me in my entire career actually happened in Belgium. I did this show. I get off stage. This guy comes up to me, and he goes, hey, I really enjoyed your performance. I'm a poet. So we started talking for a couple of minutes, and finally asked me, how did you book all these gigs across Europe? And I said, I just blew a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. And I laughed, and the comic next to me laughed. He didn't laugh. And it was super weird. But I couldn't get out of the conversation, so we kept talking for a couple more minutes, and finally he just casually mentioned that he was autistic. And I got really mad. I was like, maybe lead with the autism, Gary. I don't need to know you're a poet. I do need to know that you don't get jokes. Because a poet is somebody that observes life and writes beautiful prose that I don't get. But an autistic person is somebody that observes life and often takes it at face value and now thinks I blow people for stage time. It's not okay. You gotta be upfront with important information. 
Like, if he would have said, hey, I'm autistic, I would have just said I wrote a lot of emails. And then I wouldn't be the one avoiding eye contact. Just a a friendly poetry joke, everybody. Just take it in. I had a really bad week last week. I ended up spending $4,000 in a day. Yeah. And my credit card company called me up like, are you having a meltdown? Which I thought was nice, because if I was having a real meltdown, I would have to tell people. I'd have to call up my friends and be like, hey guys, things aren't going well, and I'm thinking about cashing in all my chips. My credit card company called me up like, hey, those aren't your chips. (laughs) Isn't that nice? People like to villainize credit card companies, but they called me, they emailed me, and they texted me. When's the last time a friend did all three? They called me up like, hey, Miss Mealy, we see you spent $500 on gummy vitamins. We want to know if you have a new lease on life or you just don't know how suicide works. We'll guide you through that process so we can get our money back. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to date. It's going great. It's totally great. It's weird, though. Like, I think dating is hard for everyone, so don't misconstrue what I'm about to say. I think it's incredibly difficult for everyone. I just think it's much harder for comedians. Because, like, I'm really funny. <laughs> like, this shit's scripted. You should see me on the fly. It's magic. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm on a date, I want to tell a dude that. Like, hey, if we're having a bad conversation, it's you, buddy. <laughs> It ain't me. I get paid for this shit. (laughs) To me, dating feels like playing tennis with a child. I'm tired of chasing balls and telling you you're great. (laughs) I play with Serena Williams. I want a challenge. I want a back and forth. Like, I was at a bar pretty recently. This dude started hitting on me, and he asked me what I did. And I said I was a comedian. And his response to that was then tell me how funny he was and how funny his friends thought he was. And after about five minutes, I stopped him, and I was like, sweetheart, show. Don't tell. And then I ran off, and I didn't leave my shoe because I didn't want him to find me. I'm actually, uh, I'm known in my community for dating black dudes, which I find weird because I've dated just as many white guys. They just don't seem to last as long. Like, my three major relationships have been with black men, and I like to think it's because they're resilient people. Like, the trials and tribulations of being a black man in America have prepared them for dating me. When they used to have the stop and frisk policy in New York City, it'd always go up to a black guy being frisked by the police and be like, hey, if you tolerate this from them now, maybe you'll experience it from me later. I'm actually making out with a Jew right now. Which is, uh, it's weirdly my pattern. I never notice it, but I tend to date a black guy for a long time and like a Jew for a couple of months. I call it my Jew cleanse. But they never last more than three months. I don't know why. It's really hard for my sister to keep up. She's always trying to keep up on my dating life. And she's like, oh, how are things going with Ezra? And I'll be like, dude, that's so last week. I'm fucking with Dariq now. <laughs> Gotta keep up. <laughs> I, uh... I don't know, I, uh, I'm in a weird place in my life right now. Like, I ended up watching, uh, ended up watching three romantic comedies in a row last week. <laughs> and I'm not actually not sure why they're called romantic comedies. I really think they should be called romance porn. Because it's the same.
same thing, right? Like, people like to bully dudes for watching too much porn, but I don't think it's much different. Because when a dude watches too much porn, it creates an idealistic idea of what they want women to do in the bedroom. But when women watch too many romantic comedies, it creates an idealistic idea of what they want men to do in a relationship. And I think we should come together. (laughs) I do. I think we should compromise. Like, hey, I'll let you come on my face if you stop my plane from taking off just to tell me you miss me. (laughs) Compromise. I I run a lot. I I didn't always run, though. I started running about 10 years ago because I wanted to lose weight but continue to eat junk food. But now, 10 years later, I run twice as much as I ever thought I would, but I actually eat really healthy. Which kind of seems wrong. It seems like I lost sight of my goals. (laughs) Actually, I've been running about three months because I ended up developing chronic back pain. And I tried all the typical things to fix it. I went to a chiropractor for a while. I went to an acupuncturist. Nothing helped. Eventually, I read this book that pretty much says chronic back pain is usually psychological and it's usually due to unresolved emotional issues. Which I have to say, I believe, it's just made it complicated to talk about. (laughs) So people will be like, hey, how's marathon training? And I'll be like, oh, I haven't. I developed chronic back pain. And they'll be like, how? And I'll be like, my dad. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. I'm Liz Mealy. Just back from a big European tour. That's very cool. I chat with her about that. You know what? I've been to Luxembourg as well, and that's the only place I ever hit anybody in the head with a snail. <laughs> but I'm young. Because <laughs> I got little snails too. This is before I was eating just entire blocks of tofu. And I... And <laughs> You know they make little snails as food some places. <laughs> and then when you're like 21, you're obnoxious. And so, or I was especially. Because I lived in Rome for a while. And when I lived in Rome, I was like, this is how Europe is. And I bought like a bunch of black gap turtlenecks. You know what I mean? Just where you're like, this is Europe. <laughs> The Gap Black Turtlenecks, you know, like. And then I also bought one pack of cigarettes to be like, this is, you know, I buy smoke as well, you know. But then I was in Luxembourg and I got snails, and they are, you know what they are in there? They're tight. They're tight in them little shells. And there's a little fork. And you have to pull the snail with a fork and there was like a be- just a lady of 60 year old just beautiful Luxembourgish women having a great time together at this fancy spot and then like this one little gal in a little black gap turtleneck <laughs> on a road trip with her friend who doesn't know she's gay and then the best friend of that first girlfriend I was talking about earlier and I just had a little snail pop right out of there and fly with the greatest of ease and hit a woman in the face at the adjacent table. 
And I was just like, well, yes, of course. <laughs> this is how we live, you know. <laughs> Drinking in the streets, nails in the face. Europe! You know. <laughs> so I have a very special friend coming up next because she's an amazing comic. And also, when I was at Bonnaroo, and I made stupid decisions that a child would make, like to not drink water, she walked me to my hotel room and put me in my bed and made sure I was safe. So please, ladies and gentlemen, a rousing round of applause for the amazing and good friend, Jamie Lee. Hello. How are you guys? Good. Keep it going for Cameron. <laughs> yes. She was so cute. She was like, I think I'm drunk. <laughs> like, she's so not uh, the type of person who drinks a lot, obviously. She had, like, a very childlike reaction to it. Anyways, uh, it was, which is nice. I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, hey. You know, after, like, one drink. I also like to tell people I'm drunk. Yeah, I've had some, I've had some drinks. <laughs> people are like, we're adults here. Everyone's have some drinks. I'm like, yeah, but it's affecting me differently. Um, <laughs> I, like, brag about it. I'm like, they're like, Jamie, you've been 21 for, like, a decade. Um, it's not cool anymore. Uh, I don't. I really don't drink a lot. I think the reason I don't drink more is I really do hate what alcohol does to my voice. Like guys don't really struggle with this, but girls, our voices go up into that range where we're like, you know, we sound like porn baby. It's just like really disgusting. We're just like, just every every single girl in born without fail is like mm, yeah I'm a dirty toddler and we're fine with it we're like oh, oh, I want to fuck that baby like what is going on with us and it's truly hot um but uh I just wish one girl in porn would say something that a baby might say. You know, I just wish one of them would catch us off guard in the moment, like getting ran from behind. She's like, yeah, daddy, jingle keys in my face. You'd be like, okay, <laughs> I love you. I'm not even threatened by your perfect erect implants. I just want to hang out with you. She's like, I want to take a bath with a puffy plastic book. Okay. <laughs> Fucking you do you, sister. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. She's like, just kidding. I can't read. It's like, well, you do anal, so it's fine. Because um, that's how society works. Women aren't valued. Um, I, uh, I am wearing um, cropped jeans, um, which makes me, and you, very aware of the fact that I do have cankles. That is a thing that I'm dealing with in my life as a white woman. Um, the struggle is real. Uh, I do. I, you know, but there's no, and there's no way to make cankles sound sex. You know, you can't be like, above the calves, you know, all woman and below them, pure toddler. Like, it doesn't work out. I just know it's a problem because every time I see my grandmother and she looks at my cankles, she's still like, oh, I just want to eat them. You know, she's still... I just do look like a baby. 
down there. Um, I uh, I just got a dog. Um, I've never had a dog before. It's my first dog, so we can not clap it up for that. Apparently, everyone in LA is like, we all have fucking dogs. Like, whatever. <laughs> this place is so gross. Dogs are so. <laughs> Dog, I, I do have a dog. He's a chocolate labradoodle. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen those, but um, he basically just looks like a 70s bush with eyes. Um, he's un- it Honestly, like having him makes me feel like a better feminist. You know what I mean? I'm like, good little statement. Good little statement. But... Um, it's rough, though, because, like, I was at the dog park and he was sitting in my lap. And, like, guys will come up and be like, oh, it's been a long winter. You know, you feel like you have to justify it. Just clean him up around the edges. But, uh... No, he's great. I, uh... It's weird. I do- the going to the dog park, that's a... People in... You guys go to the dog park? Is that a... No? Oh, cool. Um, yeah, Okay. Uh, it is weird, right? It's a weird kind of social experiment. It, the weirdest thing to me about going to the dog park is how comfortable dog parents are. I hate that term. I'm a dog mom. Like, literally throw yourself onto a campfire. Uh, dog mom. <laughs> Go to camp, find a fire, put yourself in it. Um, but... <laughs> But dog parents, uh, they, they're so comfortable yelling out the dog's name, you know, just shouting it. This one woman, I've been there a couple times and she's always there. She's like, Quixote, 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 no, no Quixote. And it's that, it's that douche chills feeling that you get like when your boyfriend, like your new boyfriend, suddenly you hear what he calls his parents and you're like, oh God, no. You know, he's just like, oh yeah, you know, Meemaw and Peepop. And you're like, no. you just call your dad Quixote that would actually be better than peep pop um you can't just casually peep pop me you know what you mean like that takes years to um be okay (laughs) and even then it's like "Mm, how about we try dad on for size uh (laughs) give it a shot see how it feels on the tongue but um I oh I wanted to say something about parents and I completely forgot I don't know. Oh, about the dog. Oh, this is... I'll tell you this, lastly. So I was walking Dennis. That's his name. Hashtag Dennis Domination if you want to get a, a load of this guy. He's unbelievable. I did... He, by the way, I did... He is a rescue. Um, I did rescue him from a breeder. She was gross. Um, she was wearing, like, studs on her jeans. I was like, bye. Um, but... <laughs> I was like, do you do meth or is that just, like, on purpose? But... Um, Uh, But I was walking him down the street um, on Vermont, you know, which is just riddled with uh, all the homeless there ever were. And I'm walking him down the street and this, you know, homeless drug addict kind of comes out of the woodworks and he was like, oh, beautiful dog. And I was like, thank you. And I was like, I am engaged. (laughs) Like, back off. But, um... (laughs) And then he goes, so I was like, cool, we can leave it there. No need to proceed with the conversation. But then he adds, I don't know who's more beautiful. The dog or you? And I was like, um, like, hopefully me? Like, (laughs) is it that close for you? Is a 
human beauty and dog beauty. They will, that will never intersect because dogs can be mutants and they're the cutest thing ever, you know? Like, you've never been walking down the street and, like, seen a man who's just, like, completely fucked up looking and been like, oh my god, what are you? And he's like, thyroid disorder. And you're like, oh my god, your little bulgy eyes. Boop, let me just put them back in. Love you. Um, thank you, guys. I'm Jamie. Bye-bye. Let her hear it. I think we go to the same dog park. Um, and Dennis is dominating, so ch- definitely check him out. But uh, yeah, I definitely go to that dog park because uh, I had a funny interaction with a, a shouted dog name at the dog park. There was like a picnic table, and there happened to be uh, two African-American women sitting at that table. Uh, not together, just they're, they're not together. I did not assume that they were together. They had their dogs there, and then this, like, hipster dad in, you know, like a pioneer hat <laughs> starts traipsing across the dirty fecal matter of the dog park and then yells to his dog that's sitting on the picnic table in front of these two women. He just goes, Django! Django, get down from there! And they just looked at each other like... This shit again? So think before you name, everybody. White people, especially, think before you name. You're done. Also, like, exploded at that dog park. Well, first of all, let me say this other thing. I love how many, like, liberal people there are in Los Angeles that are like, gay marriage, gay rights, I'm an ally. I support your cause. I love gay people, I love lesbians, I love transgender people, bisexuals, everybody. I love you all. And then you take them with their male dog to the dog park and watch that male dog get humped by another male dog and they're like, stop it! Oh my God, stop it! It is like the worst thing they've ever seen. And they cannot handle it. They're like, no, 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 And they are pulling, it doesn't matter. They're not making contact, first of all. They're just working some shit out. (laughs) Just let it happen. It's not a big problem. They're dogs. This is their club. This is their night club. (laughs) Just leave it alone. (laughs) They'll be fine. Anyway, you guys, we have our final comic coming up. Do you have it in your hearts? for our final comic. Please. Keep it going for Dan St. Germain, you guys. Give it up for Rhea Butcher, everybody. How are you all? You good? How's everyone doing? Good. All right. Let's get into this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I live in Los Angeles now. I uh, moved here in August. I'm getting used to it. I get... I get I get depressed here. Here's the thing. Uh, if you're depressed in L.A., uh, don't compare your tweets to Mario Lopez's because he is fucking killing it right now. I am going to read my tweets in Mario Lopez's, and I'm going to see if you guys can guess whose is who. You guys want to play that game? Here we go. St. Germain or Lopez, the ultimate battle. Uh, not worrying will bring peace to your mind. Hashtag truth. Coors Light makes showering fun. Hashtag she's not coming back. 
Still full from crushing it last night. Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> Arby's is the best place to finish a crossword. Hashtag, what's a four-letter object you can hang yourself with? <laughs> Notice the people who are happy for your happiness and sad for your sadness. Hashtag, share the love. Mario's kids look so peaceful when they're sleeping. Hashtag, I'm in your house, Lopez. I'm in your fucking house. Uh, you. Oh, okay. Uh, I am um, dating here in L.A. L.A. does not make it easy to date. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, I feel like if you date enough here, you just turn into Daniel Day-Lewis and there will be blood. <laughs> It's like, I'm an actress, I'm a writer, I'm a director, I'm an editor, I'm also doing a one-woman show, I'm a choreographer, and you're like, I don't like people much. I drink from your resume. I drink it up. I did, I went on a date a couple months ago, it was a pretty good date, I drove this girl back to her apartment, I drove her to the garage under her apartment, we started making out of my car, like it was a fucking Bruno Mars music video, and she's like a ten, and I'm like... A nine, you know, so, uh, thank you. I've been able to hook up with girls who are way more attractive than me, but every single girl has the same backstory. They just got done dating some lacrosse player, and they're like, you know, I don't need some guy with perfect teeth and piercing eyes and abs. I don't need abs. And then they fuck me, and they're like, oh, wait, I needed abs. It's like the end of an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It was abs the whole time. I didn't realize it. Now I'm stuck with some dude who looks like the dog from an ever-ending story. Uh, so I get a call from this girl uh, the next day. Whenever I get a call from a girl I like, I, I turn into every Paul Giamatti third act ever. Where I'm like, please don't hang up. Let me smell your voice, you know. And she's like, hey, I had a good time. I'm like, oh my God, I had a good time too. She's like, yeah, I just got a question though. Um, after I went upstairs and you were down there in the garage, did you get scared and take a shit in my garage? Apparently later in the night... Someone had taken a shit in a garage. When it comes to garage shitting, I'm like a black guy in a hoodie in Florida. Guilty without trial, you know? So I told her, no, I didn't shit in your garage. Let me tell you something, fellas. If you have to tell a woman, no, I didn't shit in your garage, you are not going to fuck her. Not in the history of fucking has there ever been. How did I meet your grandfather? Well, at first I thought he shat in my garage. That's not gonna help. And also, did you get scared and take a shit in my garage? Is that what she thinks I do when I get scared? Or am I great makeup? But now I'm down here alone. It's happening again! Um, L.A. man, I was in, I was, I was, uh, I was in traffic. I was too, uh, too close to the left-hand lane, and a, uh, a, uh, a guy uh, with a face tattoo spit on my car. And uh, when a guy with a face tattoo spits on your car, I mean, he just gets to do that, you know. <laughs> face tattoo. They get to spit on your car. They don't get to apply for a job. That's how it works. Like a normal person spits on your car and you're like, what the fuck? The guy with the face tattoo spits on your car. You're like, thanks for not shooting me. I appreciate that. You made the better decision. 
Worst gig I ever did, though, was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I think Lauderdale is Spanish for uh, pregnant woman that still smokes. Uh, I... It was at the Hard Rock Casino at Fort Lauderdale. And the thing about a Hard Rock in Fort Lauderdale, Hard Rock in London and New York, it's got all the cool shit. You know, like there's Jimi Hendrix's car that he set on fire. There's that fucking microphone Janis Joplin held. But at the Fort Lauderdale Hard Rock, it's like, here's the napkin Fred Durst wrote the lyrics to Nookie on. Here's the first crockpot Courtney Love Piston. And here's Puddle of Mud, not even memorabilia. We just have them. We'll also do light yard work. Uh, anyway, I got down, uh, you know, the terrible show. I, I get uh, downstairs in the morning. Uh, about to, I have a very early flight I got to catch at like 5.30 in the morning. And everybody like, you know, like everybody at 5.30 in the morning at like a Hard Rock Casino breakfast place is just, I mean, they look like, like, you know, like Mad Max, but without the humor, you know? Uh, and uh, I went in there, and right next to the sausage patties, I swear to God, was a breakfast DJ. I swear to God. That's up there with, like, a Planned Parenthood ska band in terms of... And the thing is, he was working it like it was a nightclub, you know? Where he's like, hey, guy who works at E-Trade who had sex with a Southwest flight attendant the night before, and now has to take a connecting flight to meet his kids and his wife and wear a mask so they don't see him for the monster he truly is. You know what you need? A little mambo number five! <laughs> uh, I, I do live here now. I guess I'll end on this. I live, and I think I like L.A. better than New York. Uh, I think I like... I think the big difference between L.A. and New York is that, like, in L.A., people are addicted to living healthy, and in New York, people are addicted to working to death, you know? In L.A., it's like, I woke up, I thank the universe, I complimented my plants so they grew faster, I took a shower with Deepak Soper, that soap made from Deepak Soper's essence. Posing in New York where it's like, I woke up, I thought about killing myself, I got on the subway, I watched a homeless guy eat a pigeon, I got to work, got fired, got a new job, met a Thai lady boy on Craigslist, saw a Broadway show, finished my novel, and tucked my kids to bed at night, because I'm a New Yorker and I'm going to keep doing this shit till the devil drags me to hell. <laughs> Alright, that's it for me. Thank you. The microphone is, you know what? Dan and I both have a close mic stance, I just found out. <laughs> yeah. On the lips. I go lips right on the mic, always. But usually other people don't. Dan and I just kissed a lot. You just kissed Dan. Tons! Dudes, that was a great show, wasn't it? Right? Yes. Thank you guys so much for coming out. We are here every Tuesday night. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. Thank you guys. Have a great rest of your night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap your hands together. Put your hands together.
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.